Hi, and welcome to our Inside Out Security Show. I'm Cindy Ng, a writer for Veronis' Inside Out Security blog, and I'm joined by security experts Mike Buffy and Killian Englert. Hey, Mike. Hey, Cindy. Hey, Killian. Hey, Cindy. We're at Black Hat. <laughs> so um, we all have something in common. We all have fridges, like. I have a fridge. Killian, do you have a fridge, right, in your hotel? Yes, I do. And I have a fridge because I'm I'm lazy and have one in my office, and I don't get to go to Black Hat. So, um, how's the show been, Killian? It's been interesting so far. Um, just walking around the the show floor, having conversations with people. Um, definitely pretty interesting. There's an interesting mix of folks out there too. Um, everybody from kind of the ground level, you know, kind of hacker type guys, all the way up to executives, just, you know, a mix of people all over. Uh, yeah. I'd be curious, how do, you, how do you rate this against other shows as far as, like, the mix of people? Like, what is it you, you're trying to get out of this versus something else? So. Uh, for me, I've actually been talking to a lot of military army people um, and Andy, another writer for a blog, told me that the CIA are here too. Um, but they're, everybody's wanting, just, I've only been to a couple of sessions, but um, people are wanting to learn about processes, um, things that they kind of need to be concerned with. Um, people are interested in mobile security. Um, they, people are talking about checklists, um, using design thinking, um, which is like a user-centric um, process to create security that um, enhances the total experience for the user. Um, and so I think it's just a, sh I think it's, you can't learn, it's hard to learn, like go real deep. Um, if you're here just for a few days, but some people have a plan of attack, some people don't. I don't. I actually don't think um, it's that different from all the other shows, um, except there's like the military people here. So, what about you, Killian? What's your take? I feel like it's similar to an RSA uh, type of conference. Um, at RSA, there tends to be more, um, it's more corporate. Um, there's not so many kind of ground level folks uh, at that one. Um, that's just my kind of experience. And a lot of um, uh, service providers, security service providers, um, looking for kind of portfolio uh, type of things. So to offer security to their customers, uh, which, is, which is interesting too. Hey, what's the thing you've seen that's made you the most concerned, like just in general for society, that you're like, oh gosh, now we have to deal with this thing too? So. I ran, so there are these people that came by our booth um, and said, we're, they're basically responsible for collecting car data. So how fast you go, um, your, your mileage, um, your I guess, how you drive, and they actually send that to the insurance company. They sell it. Um, <laughs> I hear that 
thing. I read and write about this all the time, but there's something about meeting people who do it for a living that really scares me just so much. I go, oh my God, this is real. Like, but they weren't they weren't hacking into cars and doing that, Cindy. They were they were selling like black boxes that go on rental cars. So when people do donuts in the Waffle House parking lot at like one a.m., they know about it. Like, <laughs> they want to know information, like the insurance people. And then, so I guess drivers they would volunteer to give up their information, and they get like a insurance break. So, but can we go back to the military people because? This week, instead of being obsessed with Michelle Obama, um, <laughs> I, I love her because of all her service to our country, but I'm obsessed with the military people too right now uh, because you hear a lot about service and, and the military protecting our country. And so that they just, I've been talking to them, and Caroline, um, one of our coworkers, she's like, maybe they think you're a soldier too, like a data soldier. But Anyway, so um, <laughs> I just thought that was funny. But um, so they asked me, where are you from? I say New York, and I was just complaining about how there's always like a garbage tr truck um, driving by and it's hard to get a good night's sleep. And, and I go, well, what keeps you guys up at night? And they go, well, you know, nightmares from Afghanistan. And then I just felt like an idiot by complaining you know, complaining <laughs> about the garbage truck. And so it really, just meeting them in person really brings everything, it enhances, it's enhancing my experience. And people, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I would say, before this, I worked for a startup that did um, handheld orthopedic software, and the big um, client was the military, uh, special forces. And so my first week on the job, um, flew from Ohio to where I live now in Virginia Beach, Norfolk, Damn Neck. And there's a meeting and it was about uh, IT security. And so I walk into this room and it wasn't a meeting room. It was like a storage room with like the wooden crates and the green stuff. And two MPs are stationed outside with guns and things, which is also not normal for a meeting I would attend. And um, it was basically threatening the guy who was the athletic trainer who was using the software. He was using uh, handheld devices from HP, like those old HP IPAC PAQ, like handheld devices that he was doing the input on and was taking him off and on base. And they were very concerned about this. And um, he got so nervous that like a blood vessel burst in his eye during the meeting. And uh, yeah, and so that was part of my introduction to uh, military information security. So... So, but fortunately, no one was arrested, and uh, it turned out turned out okay. So. I'm just in shock again. I was telling Killian and some of our coworkers that you both, it's like your job to scare me. <laughs> <laughs> and But it's just really like, um, here, let me, I kind of want to start chronologically, too. When I arrived at um, the airport, I went into the taxi cab. And um, he's like, where are you from, New York? And where, which convention are you going to? Black Hat, what's Black Hat? It's a security conference. And then he started going on about um, how there someone like held a knife on at his neck and that they wanted money. 
And I was like, I, and he had, like, he showed, he demonstrated while he was driving. I was kind of scared. And then I thought, oh my God, this guy is really like afraid for his life. And then, then he started driving, told me stories about he was driving people to sell and deal drugs. And I'm like, oh my God, this is such a, like an unsafe job. And then he just, I, I thought he was worried about his security and, and privacy, and, and then he showed me there was a camera, and I go, oh, my God, can they hear what we're saying? And I'm, like, thinking um, at the end my taxi bill was, like, 40 bucks, and I was like, oh, my God, it was so expensive. Last time I came here, it was only 12 um, And so we're getting, I feel like we're getting, we're paying to, like, get hacked or something because... There's like infographics online saying that, you know, don't turn on anything, don't bring anything, do not use the Wi-Fi, do not do anything. I just think it's kind of funny. All right, so I have two follow-up questions. One, would you feel more or less safe in a self-driving car than with the, the gentleman who drove you from the, the airport? You know what? I would feel more safe with the person only because I feel like he's got a bit of street smart with him. Um, I think you need some of that in life. So know? in case the robot cars act up, like he could step in and like regulate? So. Yeah, yeah. But by regulate, are we talking Warren G. regulate here or what? Yeah, like, exactly. Regulators! Is that how that song starts? <laughs> and then I forgot all the lyrics, but I love that song. When you, when you, anything R and B, I love. <laughs> all right. And so, follow-up question: Did you put all of your devices in a Faraday cage? Like, do they sell like little like bags to put all your stuff in to keep all the signals out? I wish. You know, actually, um, I just kind of leave all my stuff everywhere. <laughs> Caroline actually put her laptop and stuff like in her security box that they have at the hotel. She's she's more she's more concerned about her security and privacy than I am because I'm on some kind of Wi-Fi right now. Well, you know, we can see we're doing video. I can see your MacBook <laughs> on the bed behind you. I'm mostly concerned about like you know it overheating and charring the bed on fire. So. Uh, no, I actually was uh, charging my phone with my laptop last night. So. All right. Yeah. So, any cool stories um, you've heard, Killian, at Black Hat? Uh, I think I think we should talk about some of the stuff that we've overheard at the show so far, uh, or that some of our coworkers have also overheard. Um, Mike, we'll, we'll get your reaction to some of these. Cindy, All right. Which, which which story do you want to go with first? Okay. Do you want to go with the CEO one, or do you want to go with the password one? I'm going to go with the password one. That one seems everyone has everyone has password issues. Not so many people have CEO issues. So. Sandy, would you like to tell the story, or should I? You can. You go. Okay. So, so from what I understand it, um, one of our coworkers was uh, in the conference hall, uh, waiting to go uh, into the Black Hat area today. And she was, I think, sitting at one of the, the booths, and a woman next to her was on the phone, um, I believe with her company IP staff, and she was yelling, oh, my email's been hacked, you know, oh, some, something's happened, you know, my, someone's, whatever. So the IT guy on the other line is like, all right, you know, and we presume this is exactly what he said, something along the lines of, 
all right, well, I'll change your password for you. Um, what do you want your new password to be? So over the phone, in public, at a convention center, next to Black Hat, she tells her password that she'd like her account. She's like, oh, it's going to be, I won't say what it is, um, common uh, child's name you know, and a number. She's like, oh, that's my password for everything. Uh, you know, so, Mike, let's go ahead and dive into, you know, what's wrong with this scenario. <laughs> I, first of all, I think eavesdropping is wrong. And we shouldn't have overheard, we should have given this person some personal space. We should have just moved around, let them deal with their business. Um, two, I'm concerned it's so obviously wrong that it's like a honeypot, and they're actually, like, wanting people to, like, try to break into their stuff so they can, like, reverse double catch them. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Other than that, I see no issues with it. That sounds great. I think they're. I think they're doing well for themselves. So. Totally secure. We got this one locked down. They got it. They got it. They don't need. They don't need help. So. <laughs> so. All right. So what's what's the CEO story now? So. Cindy, would you like to tell that one? No, I like. I'm enjoying listening to your storytelling skills. I think they're superior. Regaling you with tales of black hat. Yeah. Um, so similar situation, more eavesdropping going on. Um, one of our other colleagues was waiting to get into the conference, and um, a guy was on the phone with somebody, and he was apparently screaming very loudly how he, they were trying to hire um, a CEO from a different company to replace their current CEO or put him on the board, basically oust the guy they have currently. So we've learned the company both are in play, the CEO's name or the potential CEO's name. So if anybody wants some insider trading like stock tips about this, you know, when they do this uh, coup, uh, you know, <laughs> or Black Hat, the place for, you know, some illicit stock trading tips. Um. <laughs> See, also, I think they're, they're probably just have a bunch of penny stocks that they're like, you know, algorithmically trading, and this is how they manipulate the market to take advantage of that, so. Like viral marketers for you know stock trades. So there you go. I I just lately I've been feeling like people have been assaulting my ears. Like they just talk so loud, and I just uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm an introvert, and I'm just kind of want my space. And I feel like we should we should sell them those bubbles, and they can go into like little rooms. The cone of silence. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we can. I wish Vegas can be like a walking meditation retreat. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, I think that's how they sell it. I think that's oh. how they get people to come to Vegas is a walking meditation retreat. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's. I haven't been here for about three years, and I thought things have changed, except they haven't. <laughs> Um, there are more, um, there are more like uh, just different vending machines that are based on um, pop culture that are new. So I think that's they have like friend, they have a friends slot machine. Um, do you guys watch Friends, or did you guys watch that a long time? A decade ago, a little bit. So. Yeah. No, one of our coworkers is she's really into that. Um, and then we were just after the show, we were all I think it was the first day when we were setting up afterwards, we were so tired. Um, we we're just sitting around on our 
Snapchat, trying to figure that out. And um, I don't, what do you guys think about people facial recognition software? Like that's really popular these days. And um, are, do you guys snap or chat? Well, let's work on facial recognition first. So, yeah. um, I'm, I'm full of questions. So, I think I think it's an interesting piece, and there's I think a good analogy for it, or a good analog that's happening already, which is license plate recognition. That there's independent firms and a mix of government agencies that just drive around, just drive around everywhere, drive through parking lots, and do license plate recognition and then sell that data. And so on the one hand, hey, public, you're, you're parked your car in a parking lot. It's not like something's hidden. But on the other hand, you don't expect that someone's going to drive by and put that information in a database about you and then sell it. And that's exactly what happens. And that's a lot of the way like uh, car movements are tracked and different things. Uh, and I think it, we're moving towards something where it's going to be very similar with facial recognition where there's lots of cameras, there's lots of data, and they can correlate, oh, well, like Mike was at these places at this time, he always goes to lunch here at this place, you know, and then try to work that into um, sort of the Nordy Report, you know, advertising scenario. I don't know if you guys remember Minority Report where he got the other person's eyeballs and so then he also ended up getting the other person's advertisements everywhere he went as, you know, um, so I think we're we're moving towards something like that, where right now it's kind of innocuous, kind of not that um, useful, but in aggregate it's something very different. And I think that's the case with a lot of the privacy data issues, is that, yeah, if it recognizes your face when you walk up to the Connect and logs you into your Xbox. So that's kind of cool when, you know, you're, you're everywhere and every database as your face is maybe something different. So... Can I t share something? So one, I don't, Killian, do you know if our um, name cards are RFID chips, if they have them? Um, at the, the badges, yeah, they are, because I believe it's an RFID reader um, in the scanning uh, thing that we have. Yeah, so every time they scan me into a session, and then I... I've been bad. I've been jumping sessions because there are so many awesome ones, so I stay for about 15 minutes. And like a couple like seconds later after I leave, they immediately email me, how was the session? And um, and I just was irritated. Like I'm, we're paying thousands of dollars to be tracked. <laughs> it's kind of like if you're a doctor and you're paying to do an internship to gain experience. Um, it's it's kind of eerie, eerie for me. And then I think there's some people at the show. They're doing stuff with their cards. I have no idea what, and they wanted me to scan it just to just to throw off some of the stats that they're accumulating. So it's when you brought up tracking and and where we're at and and recognition. There are cameras everywhere here. Um, so. so I mean this is the this is the two-edged sword of all of this that when it works and it's convenient and it's helpful people really like these things. Um, you know so Google now is the Android sort of version of um, you know Siri or Cortana to sort of 
helpful agent kind of thing. And in a lot of situations, knowing that context is tremendously useful that, hey, you're about to leave to, you know, for your commute and it texts you, oh, well, there's a traffic jam or, you know, alerts you that, oh, well, like the weather's going to be real bad. You probably want to get an umbrella. You know, like that's a very helpful contextual thing, but that also means they need to know exactly where you're at and your schedule and what your, you know, your likes and dislikes are. And even people that are concerned about privacy and and maybe they want to do something like, oh, I'm not going to use Google anymore. They find that the results are so bad because um, there's such a contextual aspect of everything. Like I do a lot of programming. So there's a lot of programming terms and languages that are very different than the non-programming things like Ruby and Perl. Like you search for those terms and, you know, it doesn't have any of the programming context to it. You get real different answers that are not helpful at all. So uh, I think it's a, it's a real challenge to thread the needle between those. Yeah, I'm just kind of thinking about, about it all. I, I'm, after reading and studying and talking to people, it's how do you find that balance between, it's basically I need to fall off the face of the earth um, <laughs> or live in the jungle or something. Um, but why? I mean, why, why do you need to do that? I mean, just because if these things, these things are tracked and done, like, is it necessarily bad? No, I think um, as long as it's, as long as it's helping us. But I, well, it goes back to that's why um, people are advocating privacy and security by design. Um, and... And also because, you know, I told you my mom's from China, and so I have this thing in my head like, oh, my God, like somebody's out to get me. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, well, well, I'm, I'm, I was, um, <laughs> I was just going to say I wasn't sure from that statement if it was your mom or China in the hole that was out to get you, Cindy. So. What <laughs> <laughs> if they're in cahoots? Yeah. Um, what I was going to say is I think the point of all this data and, and you know, what they're collecting is, you know, what are their intentions to use it? You know, Google's intention is, you know, to make money, to sell us more things, to provide us better results so we, you know, shop or do whatever through them. Um, but it has a potential for, you know, to do a lot of harm, to connect all these different pieces of data to learn things about us that, you know, are not clearly visible by, you know, simple interactions, um, you know, mining that data. And it could be used for all sorts of nefarious things. Um, and our laws, as Mike kind of alluded to earlier with the license plate scanners, is they're not there. They're not set up to protect us. I mean, we're still operating on, you know, uh, laws written in the you know 60s, 70s, and 80s, uh, and early 90s for a lot of our security, you know, technology legislation. Um, and it's progressing so much faster. We have access to far much more uh, data than we ever did back then. Um, that they can't keep up. So it's kind of a free-for-all. We just have to hope that they're not going to decide to do something um, dangerous with it. You both brought up such a good point because I'm looking at my notes. Um, I went to the keynote yesterday morning, and I, I only caught the last end, but he was saying, programming isn't math. It's the intention of your instructions. And I was like, oh, hey, like you guys, Mike, you didn't even um, attend, and you're, like, hitting all the good keywords. 
Well, hey, so um, there were a couple things that are non, because um, I didn't go to, to the conference, um, that I saw this week I was hoping we could talk about. Um, do you, either of you use Classic Shell? Do you know what that is? So. No. So a lot of people were very annoyed with uh, Windows 10 and the Metro interface of like the, you know, very colorful uh, rectangles. And they're like, no, that is not how people were intending to use computers. They wanted a start menu that was sort of bubbly and classic Windows Explorer looking, you know, kind of thing. And so it was basically a skin, a reskin of your Windows, um, you know, File Explorer and the start menu and the taskbar called Classic Shell. Um, so this is free software, um, free open source software. And um, it was infected. And so a bunch of people updated to Windows 10 and then updated Classic Shell to get the interface they liked and then were infected. A couple interesting things about this. One, instead of, we were living in the age of ransomware and the virus they were infected with was like, no, we just overwrite the master boot record on your machine and brick it to the greatest <laughs> extent possible. No, no ask for money. Just old school. We were out to destroy people's livelihood. Uh, so that was kind of scary. And the other was that um, it was um, it was this free open source um, site that does the distribution. Um, so it was a central repository where uh, Classic Shell was hosted. Uh, Foss Hub, and also where um, Audacity, which we use for editing the podcast sometimes, and uh, other tools were hosted there. And so it was the site that was compromised, and then from that, you know, blossomed out and hit all of these people. Um, and I think that is so interesting, um, just the, the interconnectedness. And it really made me think about how... Um, like there's been some, uh, it was like the namespace attack where um, an NPM, which is the Node Package Manager, so the Node JavaScript scripting programming language, how they handle their libraries. You know, someone someone pulled all their libraries because they got in a copyright fight and it was a dumb thing. Um, so they, you know, took their toys and went home and left all of these dependencies just open so anyone who wanted to could go in and put their own new dependency uh, librarian, and then everyone who was referencing that off of GitHub would pick up the new one instead of the old one, uh, because that's how NPM worked. And they've since fixed that, but we're in such this interconnected age where, like, everything we do relies on standing on the shoulders of a hundred other libraries that if someone were to compromise something like GitHub that everything is linked to, suddenly, you know, you'd have tens of thousands of sites infected almost immediately, and if it wasn't caught for a while. And just that there's such a such a network effect um, to this, and that's both the, the usefulness of it and then also, you know, the vulnerability of it. Um, so that was, I thought it was interesting for those reasons. Um. I went to a session yesterday and they talked about design approaches for security automation. And what they and you and you talk about and you both talk about this a lot that nothing is 100% foolproof, but that if you're consistent with your security methods and you kind of have like a baseline of okay, here's where we're at, we're consistent because we're things go awry is when there are holes and things you might have not thought about, but if you're consistent and, and you keep on upping your bar and your standard, that that would really help. Um, um, 
And so I just wanted to bring up something I learned based on what you mentioned. To, to tie it back to what Mike was saying, too, um, that's kind of the cool thing about the open source software is, you know, they might be trying to design it hopefully securely, but getting all the different eyes on it um, to catch things that you might not see is um, is a really interesting benefit for security for open source software because you can get under the hood and look at it. Um, it's just unfortunate that, you know, it's also open source, so somebody, you know, nefarious could potentially take advantage of that as well, too, and insert something that... Um, you know, might be detrimental. Yeah, so uh, along those same lines, I don't know, uh, we sometimes do like the the parting gift, um, but there's a really interesting um, new thing from Salesforce. Um, so Salesforce, the big CRM company, and they own Heroku and a bunch of hosting stuff. They have an open source uh, penetration testing management and automation platform called Vulnerreport. Um, and so you can go to github.com forward slash salesforce forward slash vulnerreport. And you can install this and then test your web applications. And it's a way of doing both the automation of some of the testing as well as, like, the reporting and communications, which I think is so often lost. Like, you know, if there's issues, it you have to find them, but you also have to be able to succinctly communicate that up uh, to the management levels in order to get resolutions to. And it helps with that, which I thought was really interesting. So it's open source. Um, anybody can just, you know, give it a shot, um, but it looks really cool, so. Hey, Killian, do you have a parting gift? Uh, I, I don't today. <laughs> I, I, I came prepared in case someone didn't have one. Um, I have a second parting gift, just Wait. in case you need it. Okay, share your parting gift, but I want to share mine after. <laughs> okay. I didn't mean to step on your parting gift, Cindy. So. Uh, <laughs> So my second one is uh, a new thing that I made um, actually with Node and WebSockets called uh, fridge.veronis.com. And if you go there, it's like a collaborative uh, magnet uh, site, and you can make little, like, fun magnetic poetry-esque uh, phrases on the site. Uh, currently, there's a drone with a hot rack, um, which someone put, um, Bitcoin <laughs> breach network, Rack is in like server rack, 19-inch rack mount servers. Crypto locker, Pokemon shredder, uh, don't feeding the advanced user. Uh, Two-factor seems rare. Vote HIPAA. A lot of good stuff. So very, very you know, most of the grinds. Poetry thing. Yeah, and if you if you go and there's a little form. If you fill it out and stuff, there's a way you can get. We'll send you um, like a real sheet of magnets that we we made for the same thing, so you can put on your break room fridge or someone's car if they aren't paying attention. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just like Killian, too. I, I don't have a real parting gift, but all I have to say is I brought buckwheat because everything is... <laughs> in, if you're hungry and you don't want to pay $8 for a yogurt or like $2 for a banana... Bring buckwheat to Vegas. It's a good breakfast. It's start your day with a delicious gluten-free and whole grain <laughs> breakfast. This wholesome cereal makes a smooth, velvety porridge bursting with robust flavor. So that's that's my parting gift. I thought you were making fun of my last name. <laughs> oh no no no! I am I am keeping it real and one hundred percent. You're super cool. I would never make fun of you. I would. Jeez. Oh, mess. <laughs>
Um, so thank you everyone um, for joining us um, today. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Killian. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter and see what we're doing, you can find us at Veronis, V-A-R-O-N-I-S. And if you want to subscribe to this podcast, you can go to iTunes and you can uh, search for the Inside Out Security Show. Please leave us a rating. That'll help people find our podcast. And there's a video version of this on the Veronis channel uh, on YouTube. So um, thanks everyone, Mike and Killian. Um, secret handshake. We need to make one. <laughs> An encrypted handshake. So. Yeah, that'd be cool. Okay. All right. Have bye. fun at Black Hat, you two. So, bye. 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 Take care.